You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. You're listening to America's Web Radio. It's time now for the Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lintonello. All right. Good morning. Welcome, everybody, to the Classic Car Show. And here we are, high atop the Blue Ridge Mountains, and uh, we're getting ready to uh, pop nice, frosty Dr. Pepper. And uh, Richard, is that you? Good morning. Yeah, there you are. I thought you were sleeping in. I was, I was there before you, but you couldn't hear me. Ah, you must have had your phone on on, on mute. You know, they've got a, uh, you know, owner's manual for those things, you know? No, was not on mute. <laughs> you mean, you mean my, my Radio Shack phone is not working well? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I saw I saw that flip phone uh, last weekend. Yeah, you, maybe you go down to McKay's and you can get one for you know nine ninety five. Might work a little better, huh? Yeah, you know, I think it has to be placed on nine volt batteries. I don't think they. I think they're kind of old. <laughs> yeah, because you got them at Ollie's for two for a dollar. Huh? Yeah, uh, yeah. Technology sometimes is just not fun to deal with. But anyway, it is. how's everybody doing? It's all good. It's all good. So, hey, Groundhog Day yesterday. Yeah. Looks like it's going to be a uh, an early spring. So early spring means car shows. You know, it just seems seems like just yesterday everybody was putting their cars up for the winter. Right. And here, within just a few weeks going to be pulling them out again. I mean, in, in only probably another week and a half, the crocus will start popping up up here on the mountain, and that's always, for me, that's always the first sign of spring when those flowers come out, and then boom, there you are in the middle of car season. Yep, yep, they already started popping up here in Tennessee with 62 degrees yesterday, going to be 63 and sunny today, and uh, after the show, we're going to hit the road. Go down to uh, a winery, take our little dog Enzo, and uh, spend the day outside. Have some fun. Got to go. Oh, taking taking my buddy little Enzo with you. That's great. Yeah. So, what's going on in the old car world? Anything exciting? Well, I wouldn't say uh, exciting or earth shattering. I know uh, a lot of people watched the. Uh, I don't know that you call it insanity, but all of the mayhem out there in Scottsdale with Barrett Jackson and so forth. I've I've watched a little bit of it. Um, I didn't watch a lot. I I got tired of uh, Ford Broncos with Coyote Motors coming across the the block. And it's like, okay, I've seen enough Broncos with Coyote Motors. So, you know, there's a place for that stuff. I know people love it. Yeah. Yeah, but you know, so. the problem with these is it's the same Corvette, Mustang, Chevelle, GTO. It's, it's the same stuff over and over again, you know, a few Thunderbirds, you know, but uh, that tells me that the people who buy these cars year after year, 
get tired of them rather quickly and then turn around and sell them the following year. Uh, I, I know that's for a fact that a lot of that happens, uh, not all the time, but quite often. So, uh, yeah, maybe they got a real cost. They would really like, instead of buying something that they would make money on, they would enjoy it better. When was the last time you were watching one of those shows on tele, auctions on television and, and saw a 63 Bonneville come across the block, huh? When was the last time you saw one of those? No, don't recall. No, no. And, and you, in fact, they will dictate to people if your car will even be on TV. So oh, sure. a lot of people who join up on these auctions think that their car is going to be on TV, and it's not. You know, uh, they will, uh, you know, I mean, it's their decision. They want cars that will, you know, the wow factor, the ones that will bring money. And, uh, yeah, you have a 63 Bonneville or a 66 Wildcat, something like that, or, you know, an AMC Ambassador, you're not getting on TV, so don't even waste your time. <laughs> I... <laughs> I have never seen an AMC ambassador on one of these auctions on TV. Like, never. I mean, not from the very first uh, minute that Barry Jackson came on Speed Vision 150 years ago. Have I ever seen no. an ambassador on there? Never. <clears throat> no, you won't. I mean, you'll, you'll never see, you know... A Matador, you'll never see a Studebaker Lock, you'll never see an MG Midget or a Triumph Spitfire. You know, those all, you know, uh, I guess low-line cars to them. And uh, they don't make enough money, there's not enough wow factors. So, uh, you know, they decide. I mean, I've known people who said they were going to put their car in Barry Jackson, they're going to be on Saturday night. And you know what? <laughs> it doesn't happen. Unless you have a 71 Hemi Cuda, you're not getting on TV. No, that's true. Um, it's it's interesting, but yeah, I mean, step down Hudson. When was the last time there was a step down Hudson going through one of these auctions? I mean, I I have no idea, but yeah, never really representative of of the market, in my opinion. Now, I know a lot of the value guides use Bear Jackson and so on and so forth, but. You know, the better ones use a wide swath of, of values to uh, come up with their numbers. But, yeah, don't don't gauge the hobby by what goes on at Barrett-Jackson because it, it's just not representative of it. You've, you've got a select group of people out there that's got some deep pockets. It's a social thing to some degree. And, uh, hey, it is what it is. It's a circus. That's what it is. It is. I, I went to uh, Scottsdale auctions probably 10 years in a row uh, from about, I guess, 99 to about 2010. And it is a circus. I mean, it's a lot of fun. I, I think if you're, you know, a real old car enthusiast, you should go at least once to experience it all because there's so much going on. Even the uh, cruising at the pavilion by the Home Depot in, in downtown Scottsdale. That's a lot of fun. A lot of local cars of interest come out. And it's just like going to Pebble Beach. It's expensive, yeah, but it's one of those things you got to put on your automotive bucket list and just do one. So I urge everybody to go. And uh, 
But once you go once, there's no reason to go back. That's all. <laughs> Done. No, it's true. Um, for me, and I know a lot of people will think this is automotive sacrilege, but, you know, I, I've been to the SEMA show, and yep. it's interesting. Yep. But I, I have no no interest in going back there every year. It's not something that's on my high priority list. No. It, it's one of those things, you know, you, you've been there, you've seen it, you see a few cool cars, you see some good stuff. But, you know, it's a lot of product stuff. They have one building is full of nothing but tires, you know. Yeah. I, you know, if I want to look at tires, I'll go to Firestone, you know. <laughs> right. Right. All that money, time, and effort. Yeah. Yeah. There are a few things out there that you just need to see just once, and SEMA is one of them. You know, unless you're in the business and you're trying to attract, you know, advertisers for your product, or you know, you got something to sell, then then you need to go every year. But uh, yeah, don't get caught up in the hype, folks. Because a lot of it is hype. Yeah, there are just so many other really really great car shows out there there there's some great concours there's some great car shows there are some great mark car shows you know dedicated to yeah. a special grouping of cars and they are just a blast just a lot of fun and um yeah so you you got to choose wisely but speaking of of shows you know, uh, some people, they don't want to have their cards judged. I get that. Um, I had cards judged for a while and got my ACA senior, et cetera, et cetera. And then I kind of got away from it a little bit because I really enjoy just driving my cars. And sometimes that means driving them no matter what the weather is and driving them from hours, you know, hours away from home, which means, you know, you're out driving hours away from home, chances are you're going to get caught in a rainstorm once or twice. So, hmm, I've kind of gotten away from that. May get back to it. Uh, but the one thing's for sure, if you're going to get your car judged, you really need to do a few things not enough to just show up with a decent car, typically, unless you go to one of those shows where everybody wins. We all know whether, know about those shows, but if you're showing in, let's say, AACA or in a Mark club where they actually do point judging for your car, or you're taking your car to a Concours event, it's got to pop. You know, it's, it's kind of like... I'm a little lazy when it comes to my dress shirt sometimes. I hate ironing. Don't like using starch up here on the mountain. I don't like driving all the way into town to go to the cleaners and spend three or four bucks to have a nice, crisp, white shirt. But there's no doubt whatsoever that that really nice, crisp, starched, white shirt it just pops. It looks a lot better than my shirt that I just kind of ran through and grabbed out of the dryer before all the wrinkles set in, you know? Got to be, got to pop. 
You know, when when we used to run the uh, concourse at Hemming, uh, every now and then there would be a few cars that would show up early in the morning to could be placed on the show field. And you look at the carpeting, and it was, I don't think it was vacuumed in, in three months or more. And, you know, smudges on the windshield and the glass and the chrome, and it's like, this is a concourse. You know, if, if you're aiming to not only display the car for people to admire, but if you're aiming to win an award, it's got to be, you know, as pristine as you can make it. And that means cleaning it. I, I remember seeing sidewalls that had, you know, traces of mud on it, as if the person just took a damp rag and just wiped the tires, the sidewalls, but there was still mud on it. I mean, you know, you really got to detail them. And, and some people go to the opposite extreme. They detail every single thing, including, you know, the air vents. With They do that with, uh, you know, uh, uh, toothpicks and... They stick rags in there and all kinds of stuff. Uh, that's what you have to do, you know. Presentation is everything. Art is in the details. It, it's got to be crisp. You know, uh, a poorly detailed card to me is like a really great photograph that's slightly out of focus. You just look at it right. and you know it's out of focus. Either that or it just pops. And it, it, it's hard to explain that, but there's so many things that people do that are, I don't know, just mistakes, common things that people do that just don't turn out well when you hit the show field. You know, first of all, cardinal rule number one, never do any detailing on your car in direct sunlight. Never. Oh, no. I don't know no. of one product that performs well in direct sunlight. Not one. But generally speaking, it all starts to evaporate before you can get it on, off, buff, whatever you're doing. And we've got to go to a break. We'll be back. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com slash awr. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. 
You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. Detailing, shade, and summertime for sure. In the morning is always best. Late evening is okay. But, uh, you know, midday, direct sunlight, all that heat and everything, it just, everything eva- starts evaporating more quickly than it can actually be uh, brought to function the way it's designed. The other thing people do, they do their car, they wash the car, details things, and they do their tires and wheels last. Never do your tires and wheels last. Even washing, always start with your tires and wheels first. Tires and wheels usually have the most crap on them, you know, whether it's road grime, salt contaminants, or uh something you picked up from some truck that dumped onto the interstate, whatever it is, you don't want that stuff splashing off, getting onto your onto your car when you're going to go to detail. Always do the tires and wheels first. Um, I also, and I know you agree with me on this for sure, I detest... Your car, your car's tires, when they were brand new, they didn't look like somebody smeared hair palm on them, okay? Oh, there was no right. hair grease <laughs> on your tires, you know? Um, yeah, it looked like they, were, they had it. Don't they put on awful? Yeah, it does. It looks awful. You know, your tires right. were never shiny. No, no. Uh... You know, I mean, if, if if I was a judge, I would deduct points for that because it's just so fake looking. That that's the kind of stuff that used car dealers put on tires to make the tires look brand new. Meanwhile, they have like six miles left on them. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's awful, absolutely awful. Looks looks just bad. It's like having a piece of and, toilet paper stuck to your shoe, you know. And and you know, some people put that that junk on their radiator hoses. You know, they do. And you, know, look, you open the, up the, the engine hood and you look awful. <laughs> yeah, the last thing you want is unnatural-looking radiator hoses. That's right. You don't want them radiators hoses looking great. <laughs> <laughs> but you're absolutely right. They, they smear that goop all over everywhere. And there are good products out there that will give your rubber a nice, fresh natural look um, there's uh, one out there turtle wax graphene tire coating I know uh, chemical guys make something called natural shine it works well Rio's black satin is one that I have on the shelf too uh, that one works really well gives it a natural look so stay away from all that other shiny tire stuff it looks terrible nobody really likes it and that's just the way it goes. Um, another thing that you can do is 
guessing you have a little bit of black paint that's chipped off somewhere under the hood or there's some something that's amiss. Felt tip marking pens. You can go to yeah. the art store and you can buy a box with, or container with like 40 of them. So you know you'll have a shade that's really, really darn close. Just take that felt tip marker and just, just dab over the area there. And it'll clean it up, make it pop. Um, it, it, it works well. The other thing. So, you know, I know that, I know this is going to hurt your feelings. I know it is. But when you're washing your car, don't use dish soap from the dollar store. Dish soap is dish soap. It's for cleaning dishes. It is not for cleaning right. your car. Okay? <laughs> Don't use it. You know? I, no Dawn. No Dawn dishwashing detergent. Nothing. It, it's a car. Use product made for washing your car. Because the pH, etc., etc., and the chemicals in it are compatible with your paint. You're not trying to remove spaghetti sauce that's baked on from a dish. You're washing your car. Think about it. But yep, you got to use the right product for the for the right application. You know. You know, uh, you may want to think you save money because you already got it underneath the kitchen sink, but it leaves spots and other things and uh yeah just don't go that way you know there's there's so many available in your local auto parts store different types of uh, detergents and uh they're, they're concentrated so you know you may think you only you know you're spending 10 12 dollars on uh car wash detergent body detergent but it's concentrated so you're only going to use like a capful and that, that thing is going to last like two, three years, depending on how often you wash your car. So just go for it. Save the paint. Hell. Protect the paint anyway. And, and that's another thing. I have, a, I have so many friends, just like we spoke about a few shows back. They probably have the same brake, can of brake fluid, the quart bottle of brake fluid on their shelf that they bought 15 years ago the last time they did a brake job, and that's what they used to add to their master cylinders. It's all full of water, folks. It's degraded. Uh, you, you don't want to use it. After two years, you throw it away. Same thing is true with car uh, cleaning and waxes and those sorts of things. You know, after a couple of years, you just need to throw them away because they've either degraded or they have contaminants in them, or they've dried up and, and have little abrasive chunks now in them. Just throw the stuff away every once in a while. Replace, and it'll be nice. So, best thing to happen to car detailing, my favorite thing, microfiber towels. Use fresh microfiber towels to do just about everything. Don't cross-contaminate. Don't think you can use the same towel that you use to 
apply a little bit of compound to get something off or to detail it, and then turn around and put wax on or off with the same towel. Use a different microfiber towel for each part of the process along the way. Don't cross-contaminate products, dirt, etc., etc., and it's going to end up looking nice. Don't use Aunt Beatrice's old bath towels, ever. Those things got all kinds of <laughs> grit and everything else inside in them. Um, you and I were talking about those. You can get a roll, just like a paper towel roll, of microfiber towels from Walmart for like 13 bucks. They're great. But always, always use clean clean microfiber towels. In fact, for drying, I use microfiber towels. I do not use a chamois. Uh, invariably, the chamois gets stuff embedded in it, and, you know, you pull the chamois across, and it scratches the paint. It's just unavoidable. So I'm all about the microfiber towels. The other Good. thing? Yeah. Yeah, they work well. They do, and they're inexpensive, folks. Use, when you're washing your car, don't use one bucket. Don't rinse and get soap in the same bucket. Everybody, so many people do that. I do that. You know, I see, see, see. So I always got bucket. He only owns one bucket. I'll bring you one. The bucket has a hole in it. It's cracked. Got one bucket. You want me to buy another bucket? I want you to spend the bucks. Get yourself another bucket, huh? <laughs> Quit wearing it on your head. Use it. <laughs> one bucket to rinse with, with rinse water in it. One bucket for your soapy water. Get your soapy water. Apply it to the That's right. Apply it to the car. Rinse it, then put it in, because otherwise all you're doing is spreading your dirt back around. Why would you want your soapy water to be full of dirt? Hmm? Think about it. Think about it. Oh. There are interesting books out there on how to get a car, and uh, definitely, you know, some of them are worthwhile. Uh, there's a lot of good information there, and some crazy products like using whether it's lemon juice or uh, ketchup or mayonnaise to take stains off of certain fabrics. People have you know done all this experimentation through the years, and it's it's amazing some of the products in your refrigerator that will remove stains uh, on the fabrics of your car. Uh, so. A detailing book is is, is uh, definitely worthwhile to have. You'll find it very entertaining. Yes, because everyone has a different bag of tricks when it comes to accomplishing the same thing. Some work better than others, but generally speaking, if you read up on it, you're going to find things that work. And it'll be fun. It'll be something new. and uh, You'll be thinking about it. You'll be like, wow, I never thought about that. Like like today, oh, Richard. Oh, I never thought about having two buckets. I I enjoyed putting dirt back on my car 
when I was watching. Well, I got, I got two buckets, <laughs> and one has a hole in it. <laughs> and the water keeps leaking out, so I got to go buy another bucket. I don't want to buy another bucket. <laughs> Just take and stick some chewing gum in it, huh? Yeah, maybe I get some, uh, you know, that stuff that they put into, what's that? Uh, J.B. Wells. Maybe I get some J.B. Wells. <laughs> some J.B. Wells. If it's good enough for the uh, oil pan on the Triumph, it's, it's good enough for your bucket. Oh, but you know, more. I I have to admit, my my daily driver, my Mini Cooper. It's probably been about five years since I've washed it. I mean, you know, if if I know it's going to rain, I just stick it out in the rain. <laughs> why should nice. I waste my parking it? It'll just Nice. You know, think about this. If you were to wax it and clean it, it would be there would be less drag coefficient. You'd be getting, you know, two tenths of a mile per gallon more. Right. You'd be saving money. Think about it. Yeah, maybe I'll. <laughs> so. Um, one thing that people also make a mistake on, if you're washing your car and you begin to feel friction, you need to keep it wet and sudsy, wet and sudsy all the way across. Right. Don't you know, try to cover the hood and both fenders with one application. Keep it wet and sudsy. Keep it lubricated because if you don't, it's going to scratch your car and we got to go to a break. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega dollar collector cars you can't afford or endless reporting on auctions and how to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144 page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. Hi, this is Steve Ronaldo, host of the Classic Car Show in America. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. 
Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. And now, back to the classic car show on America's Web Radio with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello. We're back. Okay, so besides no. cleaning cars, which I really don't find interesting, don't clean my car. <laughs> yeah. well, yeah, you don't clean your cars. You don't, doesn't matter. Well, with those Triumphs, you don't want to get... All that water, you get all that water on your Triumph, all you're doing is asking for trouble because... It's going to rust. Besides, I got a hold of my bucket. It's going to rust. So I <laughs> right. And besides, I got a hold of my bucket. I I can't wash my cars. But anyway, I always make sure my dashboard is clean and my instrument panel and my steering wheel. I, when I'm driving, I want to look at a pristine, perfectly clean-looking dashboard. The outside, I don't see it when I'm driving. So I could care less. You know what I mean? That's how I look at it. I'll tell it. you, a product, a product that works really well on the dash is that uh, car detailing gel. Looks like the blob. Silly putty, oh, whatever really? you want to call it. Yeah, you take that stuff, it comes in a little jar, and you just roll it back and forth, push it onto your dash or into the air conditioner vents and things of that nature. It just pulls all the dust and garbage out of there so that you're not in there working away with a little toothpick or or trying to push rags through your air conditioning registers or so forth. It's uh, detailing uh, gel, it's called, detailing gel. And you can get it, you know, online, Amazon, Advance Auto, wherever you go. And it, it works really well. It's great, great for cleaning little cracks and crevices, particularly in your console, everywhere. Good stuff. All right, I'll, I'll, I'll try that instead of Windex. So, yes, yes, yeah. definitely. <laughs> Windex and a shop rag, just not cutting it, Rich. I'm sorry. Well, you know, I think the Windex out to clean the windshield, then it's like, oh. The uh, interior detailer is in the garage. I'm not going to walk into the garage. I'll just put the Windex on it, and then I'm done. And that's what I do. <laughs> <laughs> I get lazy. So, you and I were talking last weekend in between power shopping at McKay's um, for road tripping music cars that we wish we'd never sold. And I think I've got some cars, too, that uh, that I wish I had sold. (laughs) (laughs) Cars that we wish we'd never sold. You've bought and sold a lot of cars over the years. Yeah, there's definitely a few. I know for me, uh, 
I wish I never told my son being Tiger. It was a oh. 260. It was right-hand drive. They only made 325 right-hand drive. It had the factory metal hard top. And uh, the engine ran. I, I drove it back and forth in the underground garage where I lived in Brooklyn. But... I, you know, it, it was always, you know, raising little daughters and there was always a money crunch and so I had to sell it and I wish I never did. Then the other one was my 59 Alfa Romeo Giulietta Sprint. It had, uh, Veloce DCO3 Sandcast Weathers, which are very rare. It had the Veloce headers. It was a blast to drive. It was solid. I wish I never sold that car, but I guess the number one car I wish I never, ever sold was my 74 BMW 2002. I prefer the round taillight models, but the 74 with the, with the rectangular square uh, taillight, this was right. original paint. It came from Maine originally. It was triple undercoated. There was not a speck of rust. It was a sunroof. It was a four-speed. It drove fantastic. And in a fit of stupidity, I sold it to buy a 74 Trans Am, which I, was probably one of the worst cars I ever owned. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that BMW 2002, man, and, and the Alpha, I, I wish I never sold. But, you know, it is what it is. Although I am, I am ecstatic that I did sell my Volkswagen Squareback station wagon. That and the Ford Tempo, the two worst cars I've ever owned. <laughs> Awful. <laughs> hey, Awful. Needed to go. Uh, when was the last needed time you go. saw? Uh, when was the last time you saw a Ford Tempo? <laughs> Never. I, uh, or or yep. a, a Mercury Topaz. <laughs> right. You, you <laughs> never see those cars ever. Yeah, you know, uh, two years ago. I sold my Triumph GT6, and that was all original, including paint, upholstery, everything. Battery battery tables, everything was original. I regret selling that, but I needed to, to uh, fund Crankshaft Magazine. But again, it, it's my old BMW 2002. That's the one car I wish I could have back. Yeah. I... And you? For me... What do you got? But, yep. So... For me, it's twofold. On the one hand, the car I wish I'd never sold because of, for financial considerations. And then there's the car I wish I'd never sold for emotional uh, ties. So I'll start with that one. I bought my first antique car, and that's not really why I'm so tied to it emotionally. But it's the first car that I bought that I actually did a lot of work to got it back on the road. Uh, 57 Chrysler New Yorker two-door hardtop was specially wow. ordered from a uh, Chrysler dealer in Norfolk, Virginia. Specially ordered with dual Carter WCFB carbs. So it had the dual, dual carb set up on it, dual point distributor, dual exhaust, all of that. Uh, it was just a great car, and I bought it for the princely sum of thirty-five bucks. I was 
wow. 13 years old, 13 years old, and you know, of course the internet wasn't around at the time. I mean, you know, we weren't chiseling stuff out on stone, you know, like they were when you were a kid. But you know, I we had writing on driving boats. What's that? Were you able to? Were you able to register and drive it on the road, or did you sell it before you were able to get your license? No, I, I, <laughs> I, I, I put a new timing chain in it. It had skipped time. That's why it wasn't running. So I took it apart, put a new timing chain in it, did the brakes on it, cleaned the fuel system. It wasn't like today. They didn't have all this garbage fuel. But I drove it. It was one of the one of the most fun things that I ever did. Whenever my parents were gone, I would hop in the 57 Chrysler and terrorize the neighborhood at, at age 13. Until one day, uh, you know, those dual carbs drink a lot of fuel. I was bopping around the neighborhood and I ran out of gas. Yeah, that happened. I, 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 hustled, I hustled back to the house. I ran... It's about three, three, four blocks. I ran and ran and ran. Got the gas can, trucking it back, out of breath, and I was probably 50, 50 feet or less from the car. And I see mom and dad come up over the hill. It's <laughs> just like, oh no! So then I was restricted from the car for six months. Couldn't touch the car. But that was a, so was a this great car. What's was that? Was this the emotional? or the money car? No, that was the emotional. It could have been a money car, too. That car would, today, bring a lot of money. It was a almost right. so what's the money? car. What, what's the money almost. car? Come on. No. Money car. Ah, uh, yeah, 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 yeah. So, the money car, 73 Ford Bronco. All original. Oh, yeah. I, yeah, you I bought it. for some no, yeah, no kidding. I bought that truck from the widow of the original owner. It had every scrap of paper that ever involved anything, including cash register receipts. The guy was an engineer, was very fastidious. Was um, it original paint? Oh, it was original everything. Only had 38,000 miles on it. The guy wow, you even kept the notes that he made when he was making offers at the dealership. It was on a piece of uh, grocery bag, brown paper grocery bag that he had torn off, and he's doing all these calculations. So I, I, he even had that. 38,000 original miles, had that houndstooth interior, V8, 302, gorgeous. Totally original. It drove like a freaking. It drove like a. It was like spiriting a Quonset hut down the highway. It drove horribly, and they still drive horribly. Oh. I don't care how much money they're bringing. They are a terrible driving vehicle. I'm just, I, you know, if you're on flat land, okay, might work for you, but up here in the mountains, I dare no. you to find a vehicle that's worse driving than a early Ford Bronco. Or a scout, no, they drive for that like, matter. It has a very short wheelbase, too. So, there you go. Oh, yeah, it was awful. So, I sold it. 
doubled my money, thought I was doing well. And I bought a Willie's Jeepster. <laughs> well, that's cool. I like Jeepsters. The Jeepster's cool. I, I drove it on a long-distance trip. It dropped a valve. And so no engine on the Jeepster. Meanwhile, that Ford Bronco, with all the documentation, everything, I mean, the dealer brochures that he picked up when he bought it, everything. Had a stack two inches thick on that truck. All that provenance, 38,000 original miles, all 100% original, everything. Nothing had been touched or modified. All pristine. Today would be one of the nicest all-original Ford Broncos in the country, without any question. And you know, that probably worth probably six figures. I was going. To, I was just going to say that that's the kind of Bronco because of low mileage, all original, all the uh, provenance. Uh, you could bring to one of the Scottsdale auctions and get a hundred grand, or some knucklehead would even say, "Yeah, one hundred and fifty, You know, because they're half drunk anyway. So, uh, yeah, that was a pretty dumb move on your part for getting rid of it. <laughs> but, it was a dumb. I move. mean, you know, it wasn't fun to drive, but. No, no. I mean, it was a dumb move for me to sell my Alpha, but I had to buy the first house, and I was short on cash. So, you know, sometimes you got to do what you got to do. But, oh, well, at least I kept my first car that I ever bought. I still have it. So uh, that's good. That makes me feel good. I don't I don't have the first car I ever bought, but because, of course, that was that 57 Chrysler. But I do have a 51 Hudson Commodore 8 that I bought when I was 16. I still have That's it. That's cool. It needs a, I've taken it with me everywhere I've ever gone, but it needs a total restoration now, complete and total restoration. I, I hope I live long enough because I plan on, on getting it back on the road. That'll that'll be a great well, car. Well, it, it's, you know, Instead of, you know, wasting your time washing cars, why don't you just spend time working on your cars? This way you'll get them done. <laughs> cars are only going to get dirty again, so you're just wasting your time. You know... That's how you got, you got to be pra- pragmatic. Come on. Got to be practical. You, you clean your car, yeah. and then you go down the hill, You go on, you live on a dirt road, What's going to happen by the time you get to the bottom of the hill? Your car's going to be filthy. So what are you wasting your time cleaning it for? <laughs> Spend your time in the garage to get that Commodore. That is, like, so true. I do I have a lot of gravel road that I have to drive on. And when it's when we've not had any rain, I have to go out of here at two or three miles an hour to avoid kicking up all the dust. It takes me forever to get to hardtop road, as they call it up here, forever. Yeah. Drives me crazy. I know. I'm a type A person. I'm a type A guy. Drives me crazy to drive it two or three miles an hour. I, I realized that when I lived in Vermont. We lived on a dirt road on top of a small mountain. And by the time I hit asphalt road, it was probably, you know, a mile and a half. And I cleaned my car one day. I spent hours cleaning it and detailing it. Then I went down the road. I went to the store. I turned around. 
thing was filthy. Like, well, I'm never cleaning my car again. We're going to third row. Why are you wasting your time? <laughs> so, so that's why I never replaced the bucket with the hole in it because I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to clean my car. Uh, I'm trying to think of the worst car I've ever owned. I think the worst car I ever owned was an Isuzu Rodeo Sport. You never see Ooh. them because they're all dead. It was a god-awful vehicle. It was the most uncomfortable vehicle ever. If you had to ride in that for more than 30 minutes, you needed to see a chiropractor. That's how bad it was. It was so bad. I I bought yeah. flip-over cushions to go on the seats just to be able to drive it. And I don't have any back trouble, nothing. But if I kept that thing, I'd have had all kinds of back trouble. What a piece of junk. Yeah. You know, I also... Another car I regret selling was the uh, Volvo 240 station wagon. But now I can really use it hauling the crankshaft books to shows. But that car is a tank, bulletproof, and the most comfortable, orthopedically designed seats of any automobile. So, yeah, 240 Volvo station wagon, or even the 240 sedan, they're just wonderful cars. They really are. You know, they call them the brick. Obviously, boxy Swedish cars. Boxy Swedish cars yeah. are great. I tell people, yep. even though those cars are getting a little long in the tooth, I always tell people, they ask me, well, what kind of car, old car should I buy for my kids as their first car? Like, you know, a Volvo 240 would be a great car. A great car. Can't go wrong with a boxy Swedish car. They're just tough Can't as nails. They are. When I lived in Florida, I had a uh, Volvo 142 with a with a manual four speed, and that was also a fun car to drive. And I, I regret selling that as well. So, you know, it is it is what it is. But at least you got the memory, and uh, sometimes it's better than not owning them at all. So, so what's the moving up worst? What's the worst car purchase, while we're on in this vein, what's the worst car purchase you've ever made? Just the dumbest purchase you, you've ever made, the one that you bought, and then a month later you think, what in the hell was I thinking? Ford Tempo. It was the worst really? car I ever bought. Yeah. Here I, you know... <laughs> My my daughter Gina was had just been born. I said, okay, you know, enough with the sports cars. Uh, let me act somewhat, you know, parental. Let me act somewhat, you know, grown up and mature. And the guy across the street from my parents' house in Oyster Bay, Long Island, was selling it. And it was a good deal. And you know, within a week, I regretted selling buying it. It was just not comfortable. It just didn't. Everything about it, it was just crappy. I didn't like it. And, of course, the engine ended up blowing anyway. So my wife got stuck on the Verrazano Bridge in a pouring rain with the two kids in the back seat. Had to get towed. That car was nothing but trouble. So I'm, I'm glad got rid of it and was happy to see it go. I, I was so happy to get rid of that car, I, got, I gave it to someone for free. Just come and take it. I don't want it. <laughs> Get it out of here. <laughs> Get it out of here. Yeah, found on road deck. There you go. Here's your Ford. I'm trying to think of the 
dumbest car purchase that I'd ever made. Uh, I don't know. It, it it probably has to be the Triumph TR7. It's probably yeah, the dumbest not- purchase I ever made. And I'm a Triumph guy. I never owned one, and nor do I want one. So, yeah, you were definitely a schmuck for buying that. Yeah. I should have known better when I noticed that there was coolant going through the carburetors, designed to go through the carburetors. I, I should have never. known that that was a mistake. Right. Never a good sign. Yeah, you know, and, 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 and then those cars that we owned that we got rid of because we knew that they required too much work and we'll never get to restore them. And one of them was I had a Lancia Appia Roadster. And uh, the guy down the block from me, postman, he saw me working on my sports car and Triumph in the driveway. And one day, hey, boy, I always talk to him and he goes, I got a car for you. It's a Lancia. I said, really? He goes, yeah, come and take a look at it. I went down the block. I looked at it. He goes, why don't you just take it? It's been sitting in my backyard. Well, it was sitting in the mud and the dirt for like 15 years with the top open. So being an Italian car from the early 60s, it had no bottom at all. But I took it anyway, and, then, you know, I sold it to a guy for parts. But uh, that's one of those cars that you wish was in better condition because Lancia Engineering with that, V uh, four engine, oh man, what a jewel of an engine! Absolutely beautiful looking too. So, you know, we all have those cars that we know we'll never get to, but we want to hold on to them. But it's just not practical to hold on. To them. You gotta let them go. Rust was always my enemy. You know, it, it's yeah. funny because when when you're young and you're into the cars, you're thinking. Oh, heck, it's just a little bit of rust. We'll snip that out. We'll weld in a panel. No big deal. But it's always so much worse than you ever think it's going to be. If you see rust, there's ten times more rust hiding under that rust. Right. Right. Yep. So, live and learn. I mean, if you're good at the metal fabricating and welding, then that's cool. But you also need a lot of time, and uh, time to be seems to be short nowadays. The older you get, the less time you want to spend doing things like that. Uh, absolutely. I, I today I I will not buy a rusty car. I just won't do it. No, those days are over. I might buy one that needed a little floor pan work, but you can bet I will have checked every other square inch of that vehicle to make sure there's no rust anywhere else. I could do right. a full pan and I'd be okay with it, but otherwise, no. So we didn't mention that there are some great shows coming up in AACA in April. And April 4 through 6, which is really right around the corner it's going to be three great AACA events at the Charlotte Motor Speedway Thursday April 4th we're going to have the Zenith judging and competition Richard and I will be there judging tearing our hair out 
working hard to find the best of the best. That's on April 4th. The 5th, we have the AACA Grand National. And then on the 6th, we have an AACA National show. You're going to see some really great cars there. There's going to be a lot of cars there. They're going to be good. And guess what? Free, free, free. Free. I love free shows. Yes. And, yeah, so I'll be there. You'll be there. And hopefully some of our listeners can come down. And, uh, you know, we'll have a great time. See some incredible, original, authentic-looking automobiles. So Charlotte Motor Speedway, April 4th to the 6th. And March 16th to the 19th in Chattanooga, Tennessee, the Horses Carriage Club, if you like uh, brass era automobiles. That's another good event. But anyway, folks, have a great weekend. First. And remember, what did we say? Get off the couch. Get in the garage. Keep we'll tools up bad. Keep cars are good. Remember, <laughs> yeah. folks. Keep cars are good. Always. Take yep. care, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.